0: And now, fastened like nails, with Doctor Mark Hamby. Welcome to Fastened Like Nails. I'm Mark Hamby, and
1: in the studio with me, Molly Mayo. Hello. Hey, Molly. Hi. We've had quite um, a time today, leading up to this podcast. Yeah. So let's see what God has for us. I'm going to talk about something called lame excuses. Kind of a cool title. Um, has. A little bit of a double meaning. Lame excuses. You, do you ever hear your mom tell you that was a lame excuse?
2: Um, you know, she would definitely imply it, but we weren't really allowed to use the word lame. Oh, really? So she wouldn't say that was a lame excuse.
1: Oh, uh, my mom would tell me that all the time.
2: You got something better?
1: <laughs> In John chapter five, we're going to read about lame excuses, and it says this. You know what's interesting is um, they. The producers, they wanted me to come up with a tagline, something that would uh, lead someone into the story. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so maybe, maybe this would be a good way to lead into the story and, and ask a question. Have you ever had uh, someone tell you that that's a lame excuse? And um, the reason that it was a lame excuse is because you were not doing something that you could be doing mm. that would help you, but you continue to use the same excuse as to why you couldn't do it which prevented you from becoming all that you were meant to be.
2: Was really good.
1: It was? Okay, yeah. let's use that tagline. <laughs> we're going to use that there tagline. There's the tagline. <laughs> okay, so in John chapter 5, we read about this unique gathering of people. Mm-hmm. There's some blind people, some lame people, some paralyzed people, and they're at this pool.
2: Not actually lame people. Yeah, literally.
1: literally. Yeah, literally lame, lame people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they weren't just lame. They were really lame.
1: At a certain season, these people come, people bring them there, and they have this great hope, and they're at the Pool of Bethesda. Do um, you know what the Pool of Bethesda means?
2: Um, I do not. Fish.
1: House of mercy. Oh, <laughs> fish is a good gu- a guess, though. Actually, <laughs> No, there's another word that, that literally says house of fish. Bethesda? S- it sounds something similar to it, yeah. Okay. So this is Beth- Bethesda, and uh, in Hebrew it means house of mercy. But according to tradition, an angel would come and stir up the water, and the first one to step into the moving water would be healed. That was the tradition.
2: Magic.
1: Well, it says it in the scripture that that's actually what happened.
2: Okay, so what, is that, what does that look like?
1: Well, so um, the water would uh, start to bubble up and start moving. And apparently the tra- tradition holds that, and the Bible says this, that an angel would come into the water and stir up the water, and then the first person in would get healed.
2: Was that like once a day there was the daily stirring of the water? Or was this a monthly thing? Like
1: It, it, didn't, it doesn't say. Weird. It doesn't say. Um, or they just waited for the day that the waters would be troubled, so they didn't oh, know when it would happen. may not know. Yeah, so every day they were anticipating it. Mm-hmm. Some people think that um, there was some sort of underground current that did this thing and that the minerals in the pool would come from the bottom and would— you know, dispersed throughout the pool and that the people were in it were getting the full treatment of the mi- minerals and somehow that um, healed them. We don't mm. really know what took place. We don't know if this was a tradition based on a myth or something that actually happened. We don't know. But um, I'm going to assume um, that it actually happened, but... We don't really know more than what the Bible tells us, and so if the Bible doesn't tell us any more than that, then we're going to just stop there, so.
2: <laughs> Wait, that's a lame excuse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so knowing that a certain man had been there, Jesus is seeing this man, Jesus comes along the scene, and he sees this lame man that's been there, been lame for 38 years. And mm-hmm. Jesus asks him the question, will you be made whole? Now, in today's modern vernacular, that'd be simply saying, do you want to be healed? And that's kind of a strange question, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Like, duh, what do you think I'm here for?
1: Yeah, of course I want to be healed, right?
2: No, I'm just chilling by this healing pool.
1: <laughs> yeah, so all these multitude of people. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining 50, 60, 100 people are there, hmm. and the first one in um, gets healed. Um, the man's response, though, it comes as a surprise. Jesus basically says, or he just literally says, do you want to be made whole? That's what Jesus asks him. Hmm. And the man says, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool.
2: Seems like a good excuse.
1: Um, to me, it seems like a lame excuse. All right. I'm sorry. No <laughs> Okay, so to this excuse, he adds another excuse. And then he says to Jesus, and while I'm coming toward the water, picture the guy's lame, so he's taking him uh-huh. some time to get there. While I'm coming, he says, another person steps in before me. Hmm. Two excuses. Mm -hmm. Jesus simply asks, um, do you want to be made whole? And the man gives two excuses. Um, There's no one to put me into the water when the water gets troubled. Mm -hmm. And when I am ready to get in, someone steps in before me. Mm -hmm. Two excuses. And sometimes those are the same two excuses that people give um, whenever they're let down, whenever they I don't know, have a loss whenever they feel discouraged, whenever they feel betrayed, whenever um, they feel like they can't move forward in life, they can't step out in faith, they can't trust somebody or trust God. These are the same two excuses that people tend to use, and hmm. here they are. Excuse number one, there's no one to help me. Oh, wow. Excuse number two, someone always gets in front of me. Hmm. Someone always just gets ahead. Someone always, you know, you're expecting that raise at work, Mm -hmm. and the boss gives it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of Haman, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking he's going to get the uh, special treatment, Mm -hmm. you know, by the king, and gives it to Mordecai instead.
2: It's funny. So we've talked about this a little bit before. It was just making me think of um, David and Saul. So we just saw uh, the play David. In from sight and sound, sight and sound theater, yeah. and there was this one scene that I remember. It was it was it was powerful. So Saul had invited David in to come and like sing to him because he was so mm-hmm. troubled by the spirit. And then he gets upset because he he looks at him and he's like, "It's you. You're the one who got anointed." And he threw a spirit at him, and like David had to like run. And so whoever it was, like Ab, not Absalom, Abner, I think it was, mm-hmm. but his sec, his whatever in second command, second in command, Abner, yep. second in command comes into his room, and he was like what's wrong with you he's like why didn't you and Saul's like you know he's trying to steal my crown he's trying to whatever and he's like the worst part about it is that I think he's actually like a man after you know I think he's actually good and he's just like of course everyone's gonna like him better than me and then Abner looks at him and he's like well why didn't you become that man Whoa. and Saul looks back at him and he was just like it's too late for me now like the mm. spirit of God like left me word. he didn't he didn't even try But Mm. I remember looking at that and I was like, whoa, I can be so, so often in my life where, you know, you're confronted with a situation and it's like, oh, that person might be getting something that I want or whatever, you know, whatever your mind tries to tell you to do. So then your sin nature is like, okay, it's whatever. I'm not going to care. I'm not going to whatever. But then there's always that option. Well, then why don't you become Mm. that person? Why don't not in the sense of like doing what they do to, (laughs) to get what they get, but looking at them and being like, wow, like. Mm -hmm. I can see God in them. And if I want, what I should want is to have God in me. And so then I can be presented with that situation and be like, wow, that really inspires me to want to, like, love God more. Mm. Because... That's what's worth following after. That's what's mm-hmm. more meaningful in the end, regardless of the crown, because like the crown turned out to be a thing of contention. Whatever it was, whether it's success or something good in your life that you're looking forward, and you're like, "That's what I want." That's not really what you want, because that's temperamental. It's finicky. It, it could even be contention. But then,
1: mm.
2: what you should want is God you know, in us, God, Ple- yeah. God
1: pleased in us. Yeah, yeah.
2: And that's what made David so special and so amazing. That's why God said he was a man after His own heart, because. He was pursuing God and becoming that man, even though he was crushed and broken mm-hmm.
1: that's how he was becoming more like that's how he became a man after God's own heart was mm-hmm. through the crushings yeah, you know and the spear throwings
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, reminds me of the book Tale of Three Kings if you haven't read that book yeah. it's a must read. We had someone here this weekend and I was telling him about that book. Mm-hmm. God raised up Saul, he raised up Joab and he raised up Absalom mm-hmm. as um you know, adversaries in in, in David's life mm-hmm. to help him to learn the lessons that would be foundational for true kinghood. Mm-hmm. You know, without those lessons, he would just have been another Saul. <laughs> you know, he had to run for 20 years.
2: Remember this scene in the cave in uh, Sight and Sound? I think that's what hit me the hardest when Cutting I was just, this. like, crying. Really? When he was sitting there, and he was on the run from Saul. <clears throat> Saul and him were super close. You know, this was his family, mm-hmm. him and Jonathan and his wife. And then he went, and he left, and he's sitting there, and he's so broken. Like, he's alone. He's all by himself. And all he can do is just talk to God because he's so broken. And he pulls out his heart. And he starts singing this song, I think it was, it wasn't Psalm 23, but it was one where what time I am afraid I will trust in you or Mm -hmm. something. But he just starts singing and he's like in such pain. And then God like brings this beautiful healing and you could just see that on stage what he was going through. And that's why like even the Psalms can be so healing to so many people because it was birthed out of such Mm. terrible terrible times which like yeah david had his whole kingship and his reward or whatever but what's so beautiful about it is that you have all of these psalms that were written not when he was doing great and like Mm -hmm. having a ball in the castle but when he was so broken that he was just like who can i turn to like who do i have but you lord and and god heard that and saw Mm. that and he gave him meaning it was so Mm. powerful
1: Mm. well I think that relates really to what we're talking about today with this lame man, thirty eight year old man, thirty eight years of being lame, mm. um, because you know he's trying to at least he's being approached by Jesus as to recognize where his true worth lies. Mm. where is where is his true worth lie, and what is he relying on? Is he relying on the um, comfort? now, even though he's lame, mm-hmm. he's found he's found himself comfortable even in his lameness.
3: Mm.
1: You know, so, you know, Saul found himself comfortable, you know, in his kingship, in his protection. You know, so he wasn't willing to go outside of his own protection. He he was unwilling to learn the lessons that David was learning of what humility was all about. Mm. He was unwilling to mm-hmm. to just admit wrong. You know, he always had to be a people... Per, uh, a, people pleaser. People, yeah, yeah, people pleaser. <laughs> and... and uh, You know, because of that, he was just unwilling to listen Mm. and learn the lessons. And when something was thrown at him, he threw it back. Mm -hmm. When something was thrown at David, he ran. Mm
3: -hmm. You know,
1: he learned to duck, you know, (laughs) from the spears thrown at him. And here's this man. He's kind of ducking as well. He's he's being asked, do you want to be made whole? And it's like, well, I've been in in this state for 38 years.
2: It is interesting because, like, throughout the rest of Jesus' life, you have people who are lame or whatever, and they're like, yes, heal me now. Like, mm-hmm. they, that was kind of their first reaction. and He's kind of, like, looking at me he's like, I don't have anyone to put me in the pool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when someone steps in front of me. Yeah. And for Saul, it was like, it's too late for me to change. Yeah. It's yeah. never too late for us to change. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. It's never too late to change. It's never too late Mm -hmm. to get God's attention. I've seen it throughout the scriptures where, you know, a person like, you know, um, Jehoiakim or or even even, um, Hezekiah's son. um, What's his son's name? Um, Manasseh. um, Manasseh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys were the worst of the worst of the worst, but Mm. they humbled themselves. They prayed. And God heard their prayer, and God lifted them out of mm-hmm. a dire mess. I mean, they were in prison in Babylon, mm-hmm. and God brought one of the kings back home, you know. <laughs> um, and the other, the other king becomes the grandfather of Jesus. Crazy. You know, great, great grandfather of Jesus. And so, so here we have this man, this man that's been, you know, in trouble for 38 years, and Jesus asks the question, do you want to be made whole? And he gives these two excuses and of course, you know, I don't think I wonder anymore why he didn't say yes, because he's, he's, uh, he's comfortable in his lameness. Hmm. I mean, to step outside of that without making excuses. See, he's trying to put the blame on other people. I can't be made whole because of what other people have done to me hmm. or haven't done to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, you, if you're blaming other people for where you are today, if hmm. there's blame whatsoever... Let's say you've had a bad situation in your life. Um, you got fired. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, you had a doctor that made a wrong diagnosis. You had um, a divorce. Um, you had someone betray you. What, whatever the reason could be in your life, where you look back and that left a that left this mark on your life to where you're unable to get out of your comfort zone. You're willing to stay on that medicine. You're willing to stay. Um, in depression, you're willing. And I know, and the folks, listen to me. If you're if you're hearing this, I am in no way trying to put a guilt trip on you. I've been there. I I've suffered with depression for 13 years. Mm. Um, I've been in states where I will mean, never forget this one time, Molly. I I um, ended up getting injured through a um, a medicine that was prescribed to me, and it and it had a severe effect on my central nervous system. Aww. And for a couple years, I was incapacitated. I couldn't hold saliva in my mouth. I couldn't walk a straight line. I couldn't talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I was in the recovery process, I remember I had to um, – I, thankfully, I had a, um, um, a, an insurance policy. A, um, oh, what's it called when you, when you have a, a disability policy? Oh, yeah. And um, we, we were able to use it. I was, they paid me $500 a month. It's not a lot of money. No. No, but, it, but I used it. And I got comfortable with it.
2: Oh.
1: I received it for several years. Mm-hmm. And then the insurance company came and wanted to interview me to see if that I needed to continue it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, absolutely. I mean, I'm in no way. I'm in no state to be able to go back to my original job, mm-hmm. to continue to doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not in any condition to do that. And he looked at me and he goes, well, I think you are. <laughs> and I'm like, and I got so... I mean, I was angry. I like, are you kidding me? I, I can't think straight. Mm-hmm. You know, this thing's affected me, mm-hmm. and I really couldn't. I couldn't. I, my brain was in a fog during mm-hmm. that time, and and I couldn't think straight. And and I was like, you're not taking this away from me. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like this man. It was mm-hmm. like I'm going to stay in the state. I'm going to stay protected. I have self protection right now. I have my $500 a month. I'm going to. You're not taking this away from me, and he took it away from me. He signed. I saw him <laughs> sign the paper right there. That uh-huh. he is fine. He has overcome his problems. He is fine to move on. And I was like, and I started to fight this. Yeah. I called the insurance company, called a lawyer. And next thing I knew, I was in this tailspin of of self protection. Mm-hmm. I want. I want to stay in my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I want to stay like this. I like. I like where I am. Don't push me out of this. Mm-hmm. And God just kind of like kicked me in the pants and was going like, you're not staying like this. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know. And I had immediately had to face some things I had to make some difficult decisions mm-hmm. I had to kind of grind through this and I had to start making myself come face to face with I've got to I've got to make some decisions I've got to make some decisions with my job I've got to start working more I've got to start I got to get better mm-hmm. it forced me to get better
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know and I think Jesus is doing the same thing with this guy here mm-hmm. and, and by the way it did make me get better God took away my my security blanket. Your crutch. <laughs> yeah, he took away my crutch. Yeah. And Jesus is trying to do the same thing here with this man.
3: That's crazy. He's got
1: his bed here. By the way, his bed's with him. Okay? Because <laughs> later on, he's going to say, take up your bed and walk. But he's got his bed with him. He's blaming other people. Got all these excuses. And, uh, and I think Jesus, in the question that he's asking him, is, do you want to stay this way? <laughs> and the man basically says yes. So, We all have limitations, whether they be physical, emotional, spiritual, psychological, financial, or relational. We all have these losses and limitations, Mm -hmm. whether they're caused by hurt, abuse, betrayal, addiction, or an unforgiving spirit, or pride, or suffering. It it can morph into this self-imposed disability that renders us impotent and ineffective. Mm -hmm. We we become so disabled in our spirit that eventually others— will turn a deaf ear to our needs. Other people will tend to push away from us. Mm-hmm. You know, because...
2: Yeah, no, I've seen that.
1: Yeah, they keep... We keep Pushing wallowing. Yeah, we keep wallowing in our mire, keep wallowing in our... Self-pity. Yeah, self-pity that... It,
2: Victim of circumstance. It
1: pushes people away. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they lack the compassion that only fuels our disabling excuses. Oh, weird. Yeah. So the question we need to ask is... Do we want to be made whole?
2: Mm-hmm. If the
1: answer is yes, then who do we turn for help and healing? Don't turn to the person who keeps getting in front of you. Don't keep blaming these other people. Mm-hmm. Turn to the one person who can heal us. You know, I, I love James. It says, "In the prayer of faith, can save the sick." You know, mm-hmm. it says, "If you're sick, if there's anyone sick among you, come before the elders." Let him pray over you, pour oil on you, and Mm -hmm. the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if you've you've sinned, it shall be forgiven you. You know, sometimes we've got to come face to face with the possibility that our sickness may have been caused by sin. Mm -hmm. We have to at least discuss that. You know, have we been jealous? Mm -hmm. Has our jealousy turned to bitterness? Has our bitterness caused depression? Has our depression Mm -hmm. continued to just, you know, Crush our spirit into where we're just we've lost all sense of joy and hope.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Hope never disappoints and hope never makes us ashamed because when you receive hope, the love of God is then gushed out into our lives through the Holy Spirit given to us, Romans chapter 5. But that doesn't come until you're willing to suffer, which allows you to endure, you endure the suffering which changes your character, which allows you then to cultivate hope.
2: What is the hope of getting healed?
1: No, no, the hope is that God rushes, his love rushes into your life and you know by any any shadow of a doubt that God is with you and mm-hmm. he will help you overcome anything. You know, that he changes your perspective. You see God instead of people that are turning against you, you start seeing hope. You start seeing redemption in people's lives. You start seeing you start seeing the world completely differently.
2: Start seeing things the way he sees them. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, once you have hope, there's uh, nothing impossible with God. You know, God changes things around. Where, where once you saw, you know, destruction, you now see rehabilitation and restoration.
2: Mm.
1: You know, where once you saw, you know, brokenness, you now see a person being revived
2: we were just talking about that sounds like uh, 1 Corinthians 13 that's what the love is like being able to hmm. love like that having that hope quote it <laughs> it was that uh, love um, love does not fail mm-hmm. does not envy or boast is not self-seeking or proud um, does not I'm going to get that order wrong <laughs> that's fine but uh, does not boast of itself is not puffed up it's not it bears mm-hmm. all things, believes all things, endures all things. Love never fails.
1: Yeah. And this man is standing in front of love itself.
2: Mm. And there's something I've been thinking a lot about, like love in general, because we tend to think of love as being like, I, well, I love you or you love me. And there's a self-love that can be mixed in. But what Paul was talking about was just this is pure, pure kind of love that it's not self-seeking. It seeks for the best of others and, like, believes all things. Sometimes that's, like, believing the best of people and not looking at them and thinking, like, oh, I'm a victim of circumstance. They're treating me this way or that way, and that's mm. not always easy to do. Because, like you said, there's a level of comfort in thinking those things. I don't know if that's, like, a, you're soothing your own hurts like mm-hmm. you trying to fill, so. fill and soothe your own hurts like i'm justified in that and that feels good because then you feel like you know I don't don't really know why that makes you feel good. But then, like, when you come to God and you're like, okay, you know what? (laughs) This is more me than them, which maybe ultimately is just pride, but being able to be like, okay, you know what? Uh, Yeah, I've been sitting here for 38 years, and I I didn't want to get in the pool because it's, like, really far away, and people keep giving me money and looking at me with pity, and I just feel so safe and and warm here, (laughs) whatever. Or, or like, if I had to get up and go and jump in that pool, like, my entire way of life would be completely altered, and my identity is in this, this crutch that I have. I'm the lame person like whatever it is Mm. or um i don't know whatever it might be um and just thinking like oh you know maybe i could put the extra mile in like i heard it once said that sometimes we ask this question of like uh how far is too far like in the wrong direction Mm -hmm. when we should be asking like how far is how far can we go for good Mm -hmm. like how how good can we make this situation versus how far is too far, how bad can this be, you know? And, and for him, like, maybe maybe, maybe he didn't have to go the extra mile. Maybe he didn't have to take the, the extra step or whatever or have that faith that, you know, he could be healed. But if he had gone the extra mile, he would have been receiving this beautiful reward, this, this, this thing that he couldn't have imagined. It was so good.
1: Well, I, th- I think Jesus has got to get him past his hope has been based on this tradition mm. of the moving waters. You know, That's interesting. It's, yeah. So I think Jesus is getting his eyes off of the tradition of the troubled waters, whether whether it happened with a, a real angel or whether it happened with an underground current, we don't know. But I think Jesus is drawing him away from that. It's mm-hmm. like you don't have to have hope in uh, in these, you know, this hearsay, mm-hmm. this tradition. Um, or the healing properties of the troubled waters or angelic interventions. Mm. Um, he's trying to get his attention directly on him. Jesus is looking at him. And, and I can imagine this man at this moment, after he's given the two excuses, You know, Jesus just looks at him and says exactly what all of us need to hear. Those of us that are holding on to past mm-hmm. hurts, we're living in our handicaps and we're not willing to Launch out into the deep. You mm-hmm. Take a step in faith. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's many people who are probably hearing this right now that they have some sort of handicap that because of past hurts, mm-hmm. past losses, mm-hmm. have, are holding them back. They don't want to be hurt again. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. The question is, what do they need to do to be made whole? And the answer is in following what Jesus says to the lame man, and it's this. Rise up, take up your bed, and walk. Stop the excuses. Rise up. That's the first thing he says: is rise up. Okay, mm-hmm. you're not feeling. You're not feeling it. That's all right. Rise up. Mm-hmm. Go for it anyways. Get back to church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get back to reading your Bible. Uh, get back to praying. Rise up. Start reading those books that you've never read that have. Filled with scriptural insight, mm-hmm. you know, rise up. Do something. Don't stay down. N- Jonah, every time, every time, Jonah says in the book of Jonah, he went down, down, down. The word down just occurs the whole time. He's running from God. He went down, down, down.
3: Oh, funny. Yeah, until mm-hmm. God had
1: to spit him up, you know, out of the big fish. So God tells each one of us, rise up. Take mm-hmm. up your bed. Okay? Take take up your bed. Take Get rid of your comfort zone. Yeah. Get rid of it. Do away with it.
2: It's interesting.
1: Yeah. And start walking.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Move, move in a certain direction. Movement is essential to overcome our handicaps.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We've got to be able to move forward, you know, because forward motion causes things to happen. You meet new people. You, mm-hmm. go, you, you take that forward motion. You start walking toward church. You start walking toward reading your Bible. You go to that coffee shop and enter a conversation with God bringing, this mm-hmm. has happened to me today. I, I was sitting there, and this man and woman were looking at me and, I looked at him a couple times and he goes, he goes, Aren't you Mark Hamby? I said, Yeah. He said, We came to several of your concerts at oh, Lamp cool. Later. And he goes, ah, I'm a commercial realtor. I'm, I'm looking for a commercial realtor. Are you no, kidding me? Uh, yeah, we connected again and like crazy. they're gonna come to the concert on Aww. Friday and and um, we're gonna talk about potential, you know, purchase of some property and so f- Just just a cool thing where God just keeps opening new doors when we get up, get rid of our excuses, get rid of our comfort zone and we start walking, forward motion is essential. First place to start walking is with other believers. Second mm-hmm. Timothy chapter two, mm-hmm. uh, flee youthful lust. Get rid of the direction you're going, you're in pornography, you're at the wrong group, flee it. Get going in another direction, ask God, call on, up in the, call on the name of the Lord. God, mm-hmm. I need new friends. <laughs> Guess what'll happen? New friends. <laughs> he will, he does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Go, to, go to a good Bible-believing church. Raise your hand in prayer meeting and say, "I'm new. This is really hard for me to even ask this, but I need help. I need new friends. Go to that men's prayer breakfast mm-hmm. on saturday. we We just were at um, Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. We were ministering a couple weeks ago, and they had that men's prayer breakfast coming up on saturday. you'll mm-hmm. you'll, in fact, don't be just a taker. Be a giver. we We just spent three weeks at Salvation Army. Church on Sundays mm-hmm. with homeless people coming to church. We were there, and were we so amazingly blessed? Mm-hmm.
2: We, weren't oh, to,
3: yeah. we weren't just there to.
1: We weren't there to take. Uh-huh. We were there to give. We sang, we preached, then yeah. we went to the to adult rehabilitation. Yeah. Did we have an incredible time? It was incredible. Yeah. Look at the doors God opened.
2: It was amazing. And we, we didn't even anticipate that. That was something that God gave us. Yeah. We just had to take the initiative and take it.
1: <laughs> we, we, we began to walk forward. Yeah, yeah. That's what Jesus— Which was
2: easy at the time because <laughs> we were pretty tired.
1: Yeah, we were exhausted. Yeah, right? we were like, nah. I know. And I God know. was
2: like, here you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: And every time you open those doors that even when you're tired and you don't want to yeah. get hurt again and you're just, you, don't, you feel depressed, you wake up s- Sunday morning and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I'll watch something on TV. <laughs> Those are the times where the devil, he he, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. That's why Jesus warned us, you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this isn't just about church. Even though we're living in this day where, you know, the church, you know, COVID, just the two years of COVID just kind of let mm-hmm. – it separated the sheep from the goats. You know, people lost their their, you know, loyalties of mm-hmm. – and maybe, maybe this is a time – When people need to, you know, start bringing people in again, Mm -hmm. evangelizing, not just Mm -hmm. bringing this same old, you know, ornery people back in. Maybe this is time to bring some new blood in there and reach people for Christ, Mm. you know, and move forward and watch God open these amazing doors. Okay, so back to after 38 years, this disabled man finally stops waiting for someone to help him. He stops waiting for others to get out of his way, he listens to Jesus and immediately picks up his bed and begins to walk. Mm. He did exactly what Jesus told him to do. Get up, get moving, pick up your excuses, and move forward. Molly, we all need the miracles of healing, but not just physical healing. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes it's... um,
2: We were just talking about that earlier, about how... I was saying that just since coming to Lamplighter, some things that I've struggled with in the, within the past have been able to be healed just through being here. And sometimes God will walk you through the same dark valley mm. <laughs> that you went through when you were, you know, whatever, younger or years ago, but he'll walk you through that same valley and then you'll see his faithfulness Mm. and he'll, you'll again be presented with that opportunity of, am I going to move forward in the right direction or am Mm. I going to just sit here for a little bit and think about how terrible it is?
1: (laughs) I think that's one of the things I appreciate about you a lot is that you're not willing to just stay in the condition. You want to always move forward and find out what is it, Mm. what's it going to take to uh, get me where I need to be. Good. And I appreciate that in you. It's
2: not very fun sitting there looking around at how terrible everything is. It's not fun. Mm. And sometimes it's like, yeah, it's com- it can be very comfortable. But then it's like, well, long term, this is going to be really terrible. I'm going to really hate this. So then, yeah, sometimes it's doing the hard thing and walking through some intense pain to get to the good side. Mm. But that's when it's like there's yeah, more that's worth fighting for.
1: Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I, I'm learning is that for me as a leader, you know, being a leader, there's so much that you have to oversee and mm-hmm. you're moving forward at a pretty fast pace, mm-hmm. trying to pray through things all the time. and you could easily step on people without realizing it. Mm-hmm. You could easily forget about st- taking the time to listen to people mm-hmm. and care for people because you, you're mm-hmm. you're moving at such a fast trage- trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that i'm I'm learning, is that, you know, for me to really listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and respond to it immediately so that I don't realize that there's some handicaps in my life, some places that, Mm -hmm. you know, because my greatest um, comfort zone is to keep moving forward, Mm -hmm. not to stand back and let Mm -hmm. the necessary surgery take place so that I can truly be healed. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: You know, that's, that's extremely important. I was Talking uh, to a group of people. I don't know if you were there when um, – I don't think you were. Um, we had the recording this week of our um, newest drama, The Crown yes. of Success, which is – Incredible. Yeah, I'm um, blown away by it. It's
2: the first one that I ever listened to that I was like, I can't wait to hear this.
1: <laughs> and you helped direct – it much was of amazing. It, along with Phil, Phil Lawler. Lawler
2: directed and wrote it. He was—he's incredible.
1: Well, you contributed a lot as well to the writing of it. And I think thing. one of the reasons I, w- I didn't need to be there and oversee it this time mm. was um, the script was so well yeah. written. Uh-huh. It was just solid. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, how do we get to talking about this <laughs> kind of success? Uh,
2: you had a conversation when we were. Oh yeah Crown
1: yeah of yeah. Success. So we had all of our actors here. And um, we were all in the cafe and mm-hmm. talking, and someone mentioned a book about a certain famous author, Christian author.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Oh, and, yeah. <laughs>
1: and, oh, Were you there for that? No, oh, I, and heard, I, I heard about it. And I immediately started kindly railing on this author about how he's becoming woke.
2: Oh, not a woke person. Yeah,
1: and, um, and everyone was just kind of astonished <laughs> that, number one, that this person was— becoming woke and two that I had this information. Mm. And then I had to kind of like make sure that everybody, you know, believed me by adding fuel to the fire about several things that I knew about this very prominent Christian author. And like, hey guys, stay away from his most recent books because this guy is really following Marxism, socialism. You know, and and I felt very strong in my leadership position, kind of like Guarding my flock, you know, and Mm -hmm. letting people know that, hey, watch out for this guy. And so then I felt uneasy about it after I left last night. Holy Spirit was convicting me, but I was rationalizing why the Holy Spirit should leave me alone and move on from there. And because I felt like that's my job as a leader to point things out if they're wrong and move forward. But it was kind of like, I don't know. I felt I felt kind of gossipy about it, mm-hmm. you know. So the conviction was real, but I was rationalizing it and burying that conviction.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Boy, when you bury conviction from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's like, "Okay, you want to bury it? Well, you're just, you know, you're gonna your conscience is gonna be a little calloused, and mm-hmm. you're not gonna listen to me very easily the next time." Mm-hmm. But I buried it. And then for my devotions this morning, you know, the Lord brought me to Psalm chapter one, and I was looking at this Hebrew word called "lutz." And it's the word for making a mouth toward other people behind their back. Oh, it's the word for mocking.
2: That's crazy. Yeah, and I'm like. You're like, uh, different Psalm today. Yeah. that's I,
1: I, Believe it or not, I turned right to Psalm chapter 2. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> and I was like, well, if this convicts me in Psalm 2, I'll go to Psalm Whoops, 3. wrong Psalm, going. God.
2: <laughs> I accidentally was in 2. <laughs> I mean 1.
1: Yeah, and so God was convicting me, and I'm going like, oh, Lord. Do I really have to deal with this? I mean, like...
2: That was very so, kind of God to do that.
1: Yeah, it was. Or to
2: allow that, whatever. Yeah, so I, I, was,
1: I had <laughs> devotions this morning, and I shared with everybody what I did and how wrong I was and that I, you know, that I sinned. And... Um,
2: do you always have to go in front of people and talk to them about it.
1: Well, this is not why I did it, though. You ready okay. for this? This I'm is ready. the big one. So we're sitting there this morning, and someone else now was talking about somebody else <laughs> in leadership, you know, and... And another you, famous person. Can you
2: imagine if they were talking about you like that?
1: Yeah, I can. Be the worst. Yeah, but that's what happens, though. We get what, I, what, what we reap, what we sow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What comes around, what goes around, comes around. Uh huh. So, anyways, so this other person was there yesterday, and now they're talking about another person who's becoming woke, another person in leadership. Uh
3: huh.
1: And I'm like, she heard me say this yesterday. hmm. She's following my pattern.
3: hmm.
1: And I'm like. I I started this. I set a pattern for mocking.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. I need to share something with everybody. Without trying to make her feel bad,
3: Mm -hmm. I
1: shared about me. Mm -hmm. But this is why I shared it, is this lady and I were talking. This was like 630 in the morning. Mm -hmm. The only only ones that were there were her, me, a couple kids, um, someone that was helping with the fire, and one girl that was in the kitchen,
3: mm-hmm.
1: we know who that girl was. She mm-hmm. was the one that made breakfast this morning. Mm-hmm. And she was listening. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she said, um, you know that prophet that was killed by God because he disobeyed God? In the, in the book of Kings or Chronicles, she goes, you know, even after he was killed, the Bible says, that he was still a man of god. Mm. God even though God you know had to discipline him and punish him he was still considered by God a man of God. Mm. He goes in our flawed states sometimes you know we do make wrong decisions we mm-hmm. hold wrong positions mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they're not men and women of God. Wow. And she just walked back into the kitchen <laughs> and I'm like Okay, whoa. God spoke to me, convicted me on the spot, spoke to me through his word, now he's confirming it uh-huh. through another person. I'm like, okay, it's time for me to confess my fault in publicly and I did. Mm. And um, I think if I had not done that, you know, um, I would have stayed in my comfort zone of false security of leadership. Uh-huh. The leadership that's a terrible, That's a terrible place for a leader to be, a false state of superiority Mm -hmm. that is rejected by God. And for people that really are loving Jesus and growing, Mm -hmm. they can see that and they'll pull away. Yeah, the judgment. It attracts the wrong kind of person, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it it prevents people from being real with you because they don't want to be rejected Mm -hmm. by you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Your judgment.
1: Yeah, yeah. It takes... It takes true humility. It takes true um, openness.
2: What's something I've been thinking about, too, is that Accepting other people in their broken, messed up states because we all irk each other. Everyone in the world is going to upset someone at some point. <laughs> it would be <laughs> concerning if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but the thing is, like I was driving in my car the other day, and I was thinking about that, and I was like, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt the people I love the most, mm. and that's just like one of the worst things about living in this broken, messed up world is that you really don't want to hurt people, and it feels terrible, but you just keep doing it, and it's It's terrible, but then I was thinking, like looking at people and not judging them because I can look at people and I can be a little judgmental. And I'm like, eh, I don't really think you should have responded that way, or,
0: mm-hmm. oh, I don't
2: appreciate how you did that in my head. You know, these thoughts go through my head. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, like driving down the road. I was thinking about these thoughts, and I'm like, okay, these are not nice things to be thinking. And I was like, if I look at them and I think those things, that's that's prideful on my part. But then true humility, true like getting over these thoughts in my head is looking at them and being like, you know what? I'm a broken, messed up human too. Mm -hmm. And I do things all the time that aren't people. And I look at people or say things that aren't the best or I react poorly. I can get aggressive when people do things that bother me, just Mm -hmm. knee-jerk reaction, not great. So then some of it is just loving people and meeting them where they're at because you know that you're not perfect and they're not perfect and you're all just in the same kind of situation
1: and, and blessed are the pure in heart they get to see god you get to see other people the way god sees them
2: that's the most beautiful part yeah too. yeah,
1: yeah. And i think that's when you know you're growing
2: what is it like love overlooks a multitude of offense is is, mm-hmm. is it love yeah. yeah but then i think that's really crazy too because if you really love someone and they do something that like you don't see their you, sin you no. see
1: you see their no. you see god's forgiveness and their potential of who they can be uh-huh that's amazing, and
2: that's where, like the I guess, the mercy comes into place or something. But yeah, it's a beautiful thing that happens once in a while. When I
1: when I see my wife like that, it's mm. extremely beautiful. Mm. You know, she's um, boy, she's she's been probably the greatest gift in my life other than Aww. my salvation. Mm-hmm. And um, when I'm really growing, I see her as a princess. <laughs> that's it's awesome. Re- it's really beautiful. Yeah yeah and I begin mm-hmm. to see her as a gift when i'm when I'm not growing and mm-hmm. I'm selfish, then I see her as an adversary in my life.
2: Mm, interesting, right? Yeah. yeah, that is crazy, yeah. I was just having a conversation with someone close to me, and they revealed some stuff that you know they were struggling with or whatever. And I remember when I was looking at them, I was like, Whoa was like, we were talking a little bit about this, like loving people more. But I was like, you're just as messed up as I am. <laughs> 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 and, I, and I was like, I love you so much more. Not just because it makes me feel good. <laughs> because there's there's that. Well, but then also just like the, like, I, I, I looked at this person and I was like, whoa. All I could see was how much they longed to be like Jesus. Mm. And how, even though they were struggling with this thing, that... They really, really wanted to change. And it was the most beautiful awesome. thing.
1: And you really do love people more when they're more vulnerable yeah, and real. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, that's how it is with me. If I if I see people that are real, I mean, the people that I, I know you don't like saying there's favorite people, but the people that I tend to love the most are the ones that are the most real and vulnerable.
2: Mm-hmm. The closest people in your life, yeah. not the favorite people, <laughs> right?
1: I tend to be drawn to those people more. I, I know you and I are never going to agree about that. That's another That's another story for another podcast. <laughs> another but, podcast. Okay, so here's I'm going to end this this uh, segment of Fasten Like Nails with this story. Um, Molly, you're not aware of this, but this happened. Um, it was a Christian woman from India, and mm-hmm. she wrote to me, um, Lampeter Theater is being played in India. Isn't that cool? Whoa. Yeah. How do and, they understand it? Um, there's sections of India that listen that listen to English. Oh, crazy! Yeah, um, wow. So she heard she heard it on a um, some mission state station, and uh, she had been saved for 25 years. Wow! When she got saved 25 years ago, her family kicked her out of the house. She was homeless. Aww. Um She was abused, and. Uh, During that time, she felt so abandoned by her family, by God, that she – this is what she wrote. She held on to this emotional crutch of bitterness. She said she was kept spiritually paralyzed. Mm. Um, It made me think of this man, Mm. 38 years, 25 years for her. And she's hearing this broadcast, a peep behind the scenes. Oh, wow. And um, it's probably our most powerful drama concerning the gospel and concerning letting go of the crutches that you hold on to mm. and letting go of the bitterness mm-hmm. that um, Rosalie's mom had to, uh, to let go of. And uh, as I'm reading this, this letter from her, she said, she said, Dear, Dear Mark, she said, After hearing the story of young, the young girl Rosalie and a peep behind the scenes, I decided to throw away my this is amazing molly my emotional crutch of bitterness Mm. i have stopped blaming others for the paralyzed state that i have been in for 25 years and i have now turned to jesus for complete healing and i was set free wow (laughs) there's so much more to the letter Mm. she writes and she begs me she goes I beg you by the mercies of God that you come to India immediately Aww. and start an entire ministry of lamplighter books and audio dramas so that the people of India can be set free. She writes, she goes, if you only knew how many teenagers are committing suicide every day, if you only knew how many people that have received Jesus as their Savior, that are abused and homeless and, and looked down upon and in and ridiculed. She goes, they need your help. She goes, please come to India. And I was thinking, like, Lord, if you would allow us to do something like that, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd give my life for it. Molly, we just never know what God is gonna do.
2: Wow.
1: Isn't that amazing? That
2: is amazing.
1: There's so many people in the world right now that need the gospel, that need emotional support, that need faith. You know, they need people that are walking by faith to encourage them that our God is a an amazing God. I love that song. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's, we serve that kind of God. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing too difficult for the Lord. And um, we people need to see that there are people that live by real faith that are willing to take up their bed, rise, take up their bed, and walk. Mm-hmm. And let go of any of the crutches they've been holding on to. Um, you know, I think back for me as a dad, you know, I— I saw how my unresolved inner disabilities, because I had not come face to face with them, mm-hmm. how those unresolved disabilities in my life, that they had such a negative impact on my kids, negative mm-hmm. influence on my children. Um, if our goal is to raise emotionally whole and spiritually healthy children, then it's essential. Mom and Dad, listen to this. It's essential for us to become whole ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If our kids will see that that will be the greatest help for them to become whole themselves.
2: That's beautiful.
1: Um, you know, here in closing, I, I'm going to recommend a few books that people should be reading. One is Families or Graces in Place by Jeff Van Vonderen.
3: Mm.
1: It really helps in, in marriage and in parenting. Um, the other one is Palace of Deceit oh, by Ella. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> Book of the Year. Yeah. And the one I just mentioned, um, A Peep Behind the Scenes by Miss O.F. Walton. You can go to lamplighter.net to learn more of those resources. And Molly, I think this has been a really valuable um, broadcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing how God's gonna use it. Uh, Thanks again for listening to another Fastened Like Nails. We're looking forward to spending more time with you in the future as we get to know God intimately, proclaim Him
0: passionately, and...
2: Enjoy Him infinitely.
1: God bless.
0: You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit fastenedlikenails.net and fill out the form. That's fastenedlikenails.net. What if you could learn from the creative minds and talents behind Lamplighter Theatre? I've
3: never seen anything like it.
0: This summer, Lamplighter presents The Lamplighter Guild. A week of mentoring and apprenticeship in the dramatic arts. Learn script writing, music composition, sound design, directing and voice acting from world-class professionals. Registration for the Lamplighter Guild is limited, so sign up today at lamplighter.net. Lamplighter.net